Let's lift our hands all across the house. God, we worship you and we praise you. Come on, let's magnify him. Let's lift him up. I know right now there's other stuff to worry about. There's other problems that are going to just have to wait. Have to wait right now because Jesus has our hearts in this moment. Jesus has our minds. Jesus has our attention and our focus tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, I give you glory. God, I lift you up, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Good to be in God's house tonight. Amen. Thankful for my pastor. How many of you know it's important to have a pastor in your life? Amen. Amen. You have a pastor. It's always good to have accountability in your life. Thankful to everybody who helps us and supports us in our, our work, Project 39. Um, there's a lot of people who are like, how many people are coming in and what's going on with it? And it's like numbers to see, I guess, to compare it in their mind. Well, I'll just tell you this. We've had in service between three and 400. I haven't seen less than three and I haven't seen 400 yet. But thankful for revival, thankful for the opportunity to reach out and sow the seed. And I believe that God gives the increase. Somebody says amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, let's go to the book of Luke chapter number 15. And I'm going to begin reading at verse number 11. chapter 15 verse number 11 a certain man had two sons the younger of them said to his father father give me the portions of goods that falleth to me and he divided unto them his living and not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living and when he had spent all there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy sons. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but while he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. I want to preach tonight. You don't have to live that way anymore. You don't have to live that way anymore. What if you put your Bibles down, you'd lift your hands one more time. God, tonight we come before you in the name of Jesus, asking you, Lord, for your anointing to break every yoke. Uh, pray that you would touch every heart and mind in this place and to let somebody know they don't have to live that way anymore. Tonight I want to proclaim a word of freedom and deliverance and liberty in this house. Uh, set at liberty them that are bruised. Open up the eyes of the blind. I pray tonight, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, I, I don't know how you feel tonight, but I feel like anything can happen. I don't know what you came expecting but I expect miracle signs and wonders and the power of God to fall in a powerful way. I don't know what you came tonight, but I believe that somebody came in broken. They're going to go out whole. I believe that somebody came in bound that's going to walk out loosed. I believe that somebody came in depressed that's going to leave in freedom and leave in liberty. If you believe that, clap your hands one more time unto the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. And in this parable, we know very commonly as the parable of the lost son or the parable of the prodigal son. 
I wondered uh, recently, what did that word prodigal mean? We'll say pray for our prodigals, and it doesn't use that word in the Bible, so where did we get that word? And I found that that word prodigal is used even in a modern context, and it simply means someone who has spent everything they have. Somebody who has emptied out their bank account. Someone that has wasted it all in, in riotous living and, and have nothing left to show that all they, all they had before, they don't have any of it left. And we read this story about a certain man that had two sons. And the first son comes to him and he says, Father, give to me what belongs to me. Give to me my inheritance so that I can leave the household. The first point I want to make tonight is this. It bothers me how easy it was for this son to leave the father's household without any consideration of where he was going. Leaving his father's household without considering what he was leaving behind. Let me just tell you this, is that transition and promotion should not be 100% exciting. If you're excited without any remorse, without any pain, without any feeling of being torn away, that means that you may have not been committed to where you were in the first place. I just want to tell somebody, we're always waiting for the voice of God to move us, but I feel like sometimes God wants us to stay where we are so he can shape us. We want to go somewhere and find comfort, but I believe that God wants to give us challenge and formation and develop us into a mature Christian. I just want to tell somebody tonight, we need to always stop looking for the quickest escape route and say, God, let me draw a circle around myself and say, God, there's a work to be done right here where I'm at right now. If I'm always in a hurry to leave, I probably wasn't committed to where I was right now. God, give me a love for what you've put into my hand right now. Let me tell you, nothing moves faster than a tumbleweed, and it's dead. I just want to tell somebody tonight, we need to commit ourselves to the things of God. I'm not looking for the easiest road. I'm not looking for somewhere else to do a work for God, but God plant me right here in Bakersfield to see revival pour out. I'm telling you that you can be the key to new souls being baptized in the name of Jesus right here. You can be the key to receiving somebody receiving the Holy Ghost. God, help me to commit myself to the things of God all over again. Oh, I'm not running, but God, develop me. God, make me. God, help me. Shape me and mold me. Create in me a clean heart and renew within me a right spirit. Oh, let me just tell somebody, it's time to commit to revival. I'm not looking for an escape route. I'm not looking for an easier road. But God, let me knock on doors until I see somebody from that door show up to church and get baptized in Jesus' name. Let me hand out church cards. It may be a thousand church cards until somebody finally shows up, but I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep teaching Bible studies. There's people that are going to backslide, but we're going to replace them with Bible studies. I'm going to tell somebody I'm not looking for a way out but God give me revival it's gonna happen it's gonna happen it's gonna happen when people commit and say I'm not moving the devil's trying to fight me but there's more in me than there is in him there's more commitment in me than there is in him I won't skip outreach because the devil don't skip outreach I won't skip prayer because the devil's reaching I'm gonna commit myself to the work of God more than ever before wonder right now we can lift our hands come on somebody commit 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 to whatever your ministry is 
If your ministry is cleaning, do it with all of thy heart and mind and soul. If you're a Sunday school teacher, do it with all your heart and mind and soul. Stop looking for a better opportunity and let me make the best of this opportunity. Oh, I'll tell you, if you can't do the things that nobody can see, God's not going to give you the ability to do things everybody can see. Get faithful in the small things. Get faithful in soul winning. You may not preach, but you can go on outreach. You may not be talented on the platform, but you can win a soul. You can testify to a co-worker. You can hand out a church card. If you're too nervous to talk to them, put it in the folder at the restaurant with your receipt and tell them I left something for you at the table. Do whatever you've got to do. Get out of your comfort zone and let's win souls. Oh, you don't got to go anywhere to win souls. You can do it right here, right now, this week, in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. Do you feel what I feel tonight? Transition shouldn't just be an exciting thing, but we should be so committed to where we are that it's a painful thing. To pull a tree out of the ground, it's an easy thing if it's a little tree or if it's in a pot, it's easy to move it. But if you've got a tree that's got some deep roots, it's not going anywhere. And that's how I want to be. Amen. Blessed is the man, amen, that walketh after the things of God. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. God, make me a tree. Make me a tree that has strength and consistency and commitment. I'm not looking for the easy way out, but God, develop me where I am. So the first thing is that I notice is how quickly the son just wants to leave. It's quick and thoughtless, it seems. The next question we ask, and many people have asked if you do Bible studies, you go through uh, Genesis 1, 2, 3, you find out about the fall of man. And people ask, why is it that God would put something there that was even an option for them to fail? And we can ask ourselves, why was the father even willing to allow the son to leave? It was because God does not force us to do anything we don't want to do. God didn't want to take out all the options to sin out of the garden, but he wanted us to overcome the option to sin in the garden. God doesn't want to take away the temptation from your life. He wants you to overcome that temptation and be more than a conqueror. Amen. I, I'm telling you, we wonder, oh, God, why am I struggling with this? Why am I struggling with that? You may keep struggling with it until you learn to overcome it and to step over it and to move forward. People ask in Bible studies, why did God leave an option to sin in the garden? Is because God does not control our every thought and our will, but God has us as free moral agents to do whatever we choose to do because he's got angels that cry at all times, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He's got the winds and the waves that obey his voice without a thought of their own. Oh, but Brother Bradford likes the song. His favorite song of all is the song of the redeemed. Somebody that lifts up their hands and says, I love you, Jesus, even though I'm not forced to. Nobody's making me do it, but I'm here at church in my hands are lifted up and I worship you the father doesn't give them uh, control he doesn't control them to do it because he wants us to worship and serve him out of a true and loving heart for relationship's sake the father gives him everything and it says that after that he gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living and when he had spent all there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want what a type and shadow of what sin does to us. Sin takes us farther than we want to go. Sin keeps us longer than we want to stay. And sin takes from us more than we ever planned to give. 
wonder if we could just consider right now those that have fallen away. There's people I could think of right now not to judge them, but to pray for them that they've fallen so far away from the truth. They were raised in a Christian home. They went to Christian school. They had people praying for them. They were there at youth service. They were there at youth camp. They were there for youth conference. They were there, but now they've gone the wrong direction, and they've spent more than they've ever planned to spend. And you looked at them now, they may turn the corner because they don't want to hear about the things of God anymore. How far did they go not realizing when they were first leaving the house? that they would end up where they would end up. Oh, I wonder right now if we could just lift our hands for, for backsliders and for those that have gone on to the world and left the church. Oh, young men and young ladies that have left the church. Men that have left their families. Women that have left their families. Oh, people that's heart has grown cold and fell out from the church, fell out from a relationship with God, going further than they ever planned to go, spending more than they ever planned to spend, staying longer than they ever planned to stay. Oh, I'm telling you, I believe God is going to give us a revival of those souls that we're going to see those old souls come back and get renewed. Oh, I'm believing it in Jesus' name for your sons and your daughters to be restored and for God to bring back that which was lost. Amen. The, the prodigal son goes out and says that he spent all he had and there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be at want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent unto him, he sent him into his fields to feed swine. You know in Leviticus chapter 8 that it was against the law for Jewish people to even touch pigs, to be around pigs. This young man as a Jew was taught to stay away from some things but now he finds himself feeding into those things that he was told to stay away from. I'm thinking of Samson. Samson as a Nazarite was commanded in Leviticus, the Nazarite vow. He couldn't touch anything that grew on the vine. But it says that he began walking through the vineyards of Timnath, began getting the fragrance and aroma and surrounding himself with things that he knew he couldn't partake in. Oh, I'm going to tell you the things of this world may smell good, but it's a limited time offer until they begin to rot and decay. Oh, I want to preach to a young person right now. Do not love the world, neither the things in the world, because the world doesn't care about your soul. The world doesn't care about holiness. The world doesn't care about the promises of God that are upon your life and the anointing and call of God and the potential you have. If you're a musician, do it for the glory of God and don't ever entertain another offer. Oh, if you're talented in this world, in business, do it for the kingdom of God and never entertain another offer. I don't want to lose what God gave me and spend it in the world. Oh, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This Holy Ghost that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This peace that I have, the Holy Ghost, the peace, the joy, the world didn't give it to me. And the world can't take it away. Hold on, young person, to the things of God. This world doesn't have anything to offer you. Hold on to holiness. Hold on to prayer. Hold on to separation. Hold on to oneness. Hold on to being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It still matters what you believe. We need to repent and be baptized and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Speaking in other tongues because we're holding on to the word of God. Oh, come on, let's lift our heads. There's people that have lost the truth and lost the love for the truth because they began entertaining themselves with the things of this world. I remember listening to a preacher that has gone on to become basically a non-denominational Trinitarian. And he said that he looked in the mirror and he said he felt God tell him, do you still love this truth that you've preached all your life? He said he felt that and he said, no, I can't say I do. And he said from that moment forward that God never bothered him about it again. 
God, don't ever stop dealing with me. Oh, it says that he turned them over to strong delusion because they had not a love for the truth. God, help me to fall in love with the truth. Help me to fall in love with the church. Oh, I know it's got its problems. I know it's got its situations. I know it's got its difficulties. I know there's misunderstandings and disagreements. But let me tell you, the church is the greatest place for you to be. I wonder if there's somebody right now that's lived in the world that can lift your hands and say amen. Somebody that, that had to learn the hard way, that it's not all that it seems to be, that can lift your hands and say, that's right, preacher. Oh, that's right. Hold on to the things of God, young person. Don't give yourself away. There's nothing in this world that's worth your soul. Jesus said, what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world but he lost his soul? You can think about the ark when you're on the inside of the ark. Can you imagine how that ark smelled? Every animal on that ark. And we know what animals do and how it smells. But when you're sitting in that ark, I don't know how well the ventilation was, so it could have gotten really bad. But even though the inside of the ark may have had some difficulties and there may have been some stenches, the smell on the inside was better than being drowned on the outside. And the problems in the church are better than the struggles and destructions of this world. Oh, I'd rather disagree with you about small minor details than to be addicted to drugs and losing my mind and being a backslidden reprobate. Oh, that's turned their back on the church and is bitter towards ministry. I'll deal with the disagreements. You may be in one way and I'll be another way. And we're all different, but when we all come together, amen, what a joyful place the house of God is because we've all got a different story. How boring would it be if we were all the same? We've all got a different testimony. We've all got a different past. But all the broken pieces come together and we worship the same same God in one mind and in one accord and on the day of Pentecost when it was fully come they were all together with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind we need unity because where there's unity the Holy Ghost will break out and revival will break out I'm almost finished the musicians could come he spent everything he had hoping for a better opportunity in a far country hoping things would be greener on the other side. But let me tell you this, the grass isn't greener on the other side, but the grass is greener wherever the shepherd wants you to be. God, in the book of uh, Psalms 23, has said, you lead me in pastures, in green pastures. You make me to lay down beside the still waters. I want to be wherever God's called me to be. Oh, God, keep us in the church. Keep us in the truth. Uh, oh, let me minister to somebody. This may not be a pretty sermon tonight, but if you're on the fence uh, and you're thinking about stopping uh, your church attendance and you're thinking about getting out of the ministry, you're thinking about getting out of the church, reconsider because time is running short. Uh, not only is the time of the world running short, but your life is but a vapor. There's so many people that got out of church and never made their way back. Uh, hold on while you're still in. Get through it. Get your spirit right. You've got bitterness. Get your bitterness right. Get your heart right. Pray through. Get the Holy Ghost all over again. Fall in love with the things of God all over again. Fall in love with the truth. Pick your Bible up and read it. I'm telling you, this is no time to backslide, but hold on. Hold on, prodigal son. Hold on, because what you think you're going to achieve in the world is going to leave you broken and busted and empty. Stay in the Father's house, where even the servants have bread enough to spare. As we all stand. So finally, finally, Something just hit him across the head. And it says, when he came to himself. It was the woman with the issue of blood. It says, she said within herself, if I can touch the hem of his garment. It was Moses when he's walking by and he says, now I will turn aside and see why this bush is not consumed. And in the story it says that he said to himself, how many hired of my fathers have bread enough and to spare? 
I can preach to you with all my heart. Preach my guts out. You can hear every evangelist that Pentecost has to offer. Go to every conference on the map and never change. Because the greatest message and the most powerful message in our life isn't from somebody else preaching across a pulpit. But it's when we get sick and tired of the way we've been living and we start preaching to ourselves. And we grab this little self and we say, self, why are you doing this to yourself? Why are you staying up all night? Why are you stressing? Why are you broken? Why are you going without? Don't you remember what it was like at the Father's house? Oh, come on, sitting at a bar, looking up at a TV screen, thinking I could be in church tonight. Oh, we've got to shake ourselves, church. Shake ourselves, backslider. Shake yourself. Oh, you've got to speak to yourself and say, self, I'm tired of the way I've been living. I'm tired of the brokenness. I'm tired of the hopelessness. Oh, I'm tired of living in fear. I'm tired of the deceptions. I'm tired of being taken advantage of. I'm tired of losing to the devil and losing to the world. I'm tired of giving myself away to things that can never satisfy my soul. Got a priest myself. And he said, I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. He basically framed it in his mind how it was all going to go down. He was rehearsing the conversation. He said, when I get there, I don't got to be anything special. You don't need to get me right there next to you at the table, Dad. You don't need to give me my old horse back. You don't need to give me my old, my old stuff back. You don't need to give me my position back. Those, those workers that were under me, I, I don't need them back anymore. I'm willing to start at the bottom if it means I can be back in the presence of my father. He wasn't coming back to be anything special or for any position, but he just wanted to be back at the father's house. Let me tell you that you may have lost some things in this world and you feel like coming back to the church. You've got a reputation on you now. You've got an identity on you now. It, it'd be better for you to come back than stay out there because of pride and be lost. Listen, you may have done what you have done, but we forgive you and we want to see you saved. When he left, when he left, the, the son told his father, said, Father, give me. Give me, give me, give me, give me. Because if you can give me this and you can give me that, it's all going to work out for me. But when he comes back, he says, Father, make me one of thy servants. Father, make me. Life is not just about being given this and being given that, that that's somehow going to help you. But God, make me into something. Lord, prepare me into a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. Life is not about what you can be given, but life is about what you can become through patience, through prayer, through perseverance, through commitment. Let God shape you and mold you. Let God burn away the desires for the things of this world. Stop looking for the easy way out and say, God, I'm going to stay right here until you're finished on me, till I'm the masterpiece you want me to become. God, I'm not running. God, I'm not looking for another way out, but God, heal my broken heart. I've tried to heal it here, and I've tried to heal it there, but it's still broken. I wonder if you could come to the altar tonight and say, God, heal my broken heart, and he'll begin to mold. He'll begin to shape. He'll begin to restore and do for you what no one else can. Do for you what alcohol cannot. Do for you what addiction cannot. Do for you what lust and adultery and fornication cannot. He'll heal your brokenness. He'll save your soul. He will deliver you and as he comes down the road to the father's house I can only imagine what this guy looked like when he left 
because you can imagine he planned for a far journey and he took all of his stuff so he may have had wagons he may have had horses he may have had all kinds of goods loaded up thinking I've got it all figured out dad but as he comes back he's nothing more than a stumbling broken down old old pig worker with dirt and, and, and flies and bugs and insects his hair probably was overgrown and he may not even have been recognizable by anybody that was still at the house but there was a father as soon as he saw him on the road he said that's my son and I know exactly who he is and I've been waiting for him the whole time backslider it's time to come home you don't have to live that way anymore the church loves you God loves you what's holding you back tonight I know the past is broken but you can move forward it's over there's nothing you can go back and do but get into the presence of the father and say father restore me father save me father heal me father forgive me the father interrupted him before he ever even got to give his whole spiel he said bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hands and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf let us eat and be merry for my son was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found and they began to be merry oh let me tell you that repentance and coming back to God is not just a death but it's a celebration for a lost soul that's made their way back home I wonder right now if we can begin to make our way to the father's house how would you walk right now if you were broken how would you walk right now if you were lost oh I want everybody to have that mindset tonight God remake me God restore me God heal me oh come on Oh, there's some obvious prodigals. There's some obvious situations. But there's some people that have entertained the thought for so long. They've been backslidden in their heart for a long time. God's saying, let me restore you. Let me remake you. Let me heal you. Come on, somebody. Open your heart to God tonight and let him do the work that needs to be done. You've gone out and lost it all. You're broken in a foreign land. Tonight, God has a word for you. You don't have to live that way anymore. Come on, there's new beginnings in this altar right now.